We're going to talk about your favorite tracks, your least favorite tracks, tracks you've won at, tracks you've messed up at, because I'm sure there are a couple of those, um, and hopefully a few juicy stories as well about sort of what goes on behind the scenes. What about you, Dan? Brands up there on your list? Yeah, I think I think for most drivers. Not after they're, last year. Well, yeah, no, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, I mean, Brands I wasn't going to mention it. No, no, I think Brands GP for me is 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 one of the best. It's a real driver's circuit. I think we all enjoy racing it. Um, you know, for me, going back there this year, you know, for no doubt, it's going to be, um, you know, it's gonna, it's going to be tough, you know, to sort of. But you've got to go with Andrew, really. I can't, I can't do anything else. But I'm sure I'm going to have a, a pause for thought about what might have been. Um, but that's all it'll be. Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of Gridwalk Talk, the new podcast discussing all things tin top, brought to you by Honda and Team Dynamics. I'm Louise Goodman, ITV's British Touring Car Championship reporter, and once again I'm joined by Halford Duasa Racing's star drivers. It's Matt Neal and Dan Camish. Yay! Hey, hello. Hello, Hi, how are we doing? Good, how have you both been keeping? Yeah, very well, thank you here. Always good. Okay. I've been loving it. Yeah, I've been living it. The night, well, we've been spoiled by the nice weather, haven't we? So, but I've been enjoying a bit of time at home. So I actually remember remember what my house looks like or the inside of it. So, and uh, yeah, nice to spend a bit of time there. It is yeah. nice, but I must admit, I'm getting to the point where I'm itching to get back to the racetrack. You must be the same, aren't you? Yeah, I've had um, this last week's been pretty good actually, because Halfords were kind enough to send me a nice new mountain bike. So I've been um, I've been hitting the local trails and. Uh, enjoying enjoying that um i went and copied matt and got myself an e-bike so uh it's great fun you get to uh, enjoy the downhill bit and then the uphills are a breeze as well so it's the best of both worlds so i've been doing that um but yeah like you i'm i'm itching to get back going now itching to get back into a race car do not copy matt by falling off your bike all i i'll be honest i i cycle around i come down the trails at half speed because i'm not, not that good and my mind never strays away from do not do a Matt Neal. <laughs> I am so cautious. Um, Are you all mended now, Matt? I'm about 90%. I, I have actually went, a couple of weeks ago, I went back on the trail, which I did break my shoulder on. And um, it was in the back of my mind. I was a bit nervous the night before when I knew we were going there. So, but I'm all right. I've been, I've been riding a lot, a lot, in um, like every day in the shutdown. And, you know, the time you know, we were locked down. It's given me time to recover because, you know, I was saying, you know, flash debutized for me early in the uh, pre-season testing and I managed to get one test the week before, um, which I managed to drive the car, but it wasn't comfortable. I think I really would have struggled to start the season back then. Yeah, well, I suppose it's been a blessing for you in that respect. Um, so we've invited once again all the fans to get involved. Um, so thanks to all of you that have for your, for your comments and questions. I'm going to be sharing some of those with you guys later. Um, and we've got a very special guest joining us too. For our first episode, we had John Cleland on the show. Um, and I'm uh, this time it's another multiple BTCC champion. Um, so I'm sure you're going to be very happy to chat with him. I hope so anyway. It's going to be a bit embarrassing otherwise. Um, so today's topic is tracks. We're going to talk about your favourite tracks, your least favourite tracks, tracks you've won at, 
tracks you've messed up at because I'm sure there are a couple of those um, and hopefully a few juicy stories as well about sort of what goes on behind the scenes shenanigans at tracks so I've seen you at the BRDC campsite on uh, numerous occasions Matt Neal at the, uh, at the British Grand Prix at Silverstone so I know there are a few good stories to be shared there. Um, it's fair to say that you've both been to quite a few tracks over the years bit of quick bit of mental calculation for you how many tracks do you reckon you've raced at in your time Dan I'm presuming you're probably going to be less than that where are you at do you reckon um i don't know probably 25 would that be sensible probably yeah 11 or 12 in the uk plus plus the super cup stuff so some of the european formula one tracks i've done um some in germany yeah i think i think between yeah 25 to 30 i think if i actually worked it out which i probably will after this podcast <laughs> out of interest where are you at, Matt? You've been around longer, obviously, but have you been to how many more circuits have you raced at? Or maybe you a little bit longer. And don't forget, Lou, I've seen you outside the motorhomes in the, uh, <laughs> the Grand Prix, slightly dishevelled. Uh, I reckon track-wise, I tried to do a little bit of a mental arithmetic while Dan was doing that. Maybe 50, I'm guessing. 50? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've driven five in just in Australia. You know, we're all known for going down there to Bathurst and that, but... You know, I did do a bit of other stuff around when I was in Australia as well. So you, you go around about, I've even been in Taiwan, Africa, um, you know, all Europe and all over the place, really. So, yeah, it, it adds up. And when you, when you think, when we, if we go testing in Spain, I've lost count. The amount of small circuits in Spain where you go and camp for a week, um, you know, I, I've, I've no idea. Well, you've got plenty to choose from then, um, from my first question, which is which... Which one's top of your list? Which would you say is your, your all-time favourite circuit that you've, that you've raced at or tested at, but I'm imagining it'll be a, a race track rather than a test track? I think if you could choose anywhere in the world uh, and you, you, you ask any driver, that, we all love safety and we all love you know, caution, but we, um, we all love something that scares us a bit. You know, something that's a bit intimidating because if you get a result on that, it's, it's really special. And um, I know we spoke about Le Mans before, but I've never, I've never driven at Le Mans. So my fav two, if I, I have to choose two favourite circuits, it would be the old Nürburgring, the Nordschleife circuit, just because it's raw, it's untamed and it's dangerous and um, would be Bathurst as well for similar reasons. It's a, it's a shorter version, um, massive gradient changes, the same as uh, Nürburgring, but it's um, surrounded by concrete walls. The fans are something different there as well. They, they add another element whether you don't get out the car when you go off, especially if you're a pom. But um, yeah, probably those two. Have you not driven around the Nordschleife? Because you can take your road car and drive around the Nordschleife, can't you? Yeah, I've done two 24-hour races there, Lou. Oh, sorry. I thought you were saying it was one that you hadn't raced at. No, no, they're, they're ones I have raced at. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so. I've, I've, I've never done the Nordschleife. I'm, I think that's, I did, uh, I raced the Nürburgring for the GP loop. Um, and I did actually go to have a go in my road car around it. It was shut that day, which is a bit, a bit of a shame. And I've not really had the chance since. But yeah, the Nordsch life certainly one I'd love to do. Um, circuits I've actually raced. I am looking up. I have done Le Mans um, and won at Le Mans as well on the in the support race there. So that was that was cool. And that is in a mega mega circuit, mega place to be. Um, Monaco as well. I, I, I raced at Monaco, and I was surprised when I raced there just actually how much fun that circuit is to drive. And, and how good it is to drive because watching from the side you always thought maybe it was more about the you know 
the gimmick and the glamour and the glitz of it rather than the actual the race itself but to drive a lap of monaco is actually quite good fun um it flows better than you might think um but I'm, I'm with Matt, I think, as well with um, what I've not done but would love to do is probably Bathurst, you know, having watched it on TV so many times and, you know, watched the, the, the 12 hour there now in the GT stuff that's so popular. Uh, that just looks like a great event that I would uh, I'd love to be involved in. Bathurst right up there on my list of racetracks that I want to go to. Obviously, I'm not going there to compete, but I just think that, well, Matt, you've experienced it. The, the It's like the, the Aussies premier event isn't it they absolutely go to town when Bathurst comes around they move in with their tinnies and their their blocks of tinnies and set up camp and it's a different place now I mean it's a completely different place to what it was when I first went over 20 years ago I mean you wouldn't have gone there Lou you wouldn't have gone up on the I mean they call it the mountain it's nicknamed the mountain for a reason it is you it's basically got three straights one across the bottom one going up the mountain, then you race all the technical over the top, and then you have a big Conrod straight, aptly named because the cars are just topping out, doing crazy speeds coming down. And the fans all congregate on the top. And when I first went there, they'd, be, they'd reported 20 reported rapes the year before. And um, there was no police on the top of the mountain. Um, there was, used to be a police station, but the fans had petrol bombed it and burnt it down. So the top, top of the mountain was... was um, pleased by the local Hells Angels chapter. I didn't and realize it was that wild. I knew it was wild, but I didn't thought it was fun there. wild, not wild wild. No, no, women, I mean, it's, it's great now. It's a completely different place. The police are back up there and you get families and children and everything now. The, the Aussies have calmed down. Even the Aussies have calmed down now. They still give you a good sledging if you're an English driver, but um, yeah, it's a lot different now. What about UK tracks? Uh, for me, um, Obviously, Silverstone is the home of British motorsport and, and all that. But I think it's for a driving experience, um, uh, probably I like Brands Hatch, both of the layouts, the stadium and the Grand Prix, because they're a bit unspoiled. The stadium, you get a lot of atmosphere from the crowds, the stadium atmosphere, whether they're booing you or cheering you, is, that's, that's pretty special. And then the old circuit is a bit, it's a bit old school and it's very high speed. So you've got... You know, Hawthorne out the back is very cambered, so you can carry massive amount of speed into it. Then the next one is is adverse camber, so it throws you the other way. It's, you know, it's it's really it's an array of um, challenges it throws to you every lap. What about you, Dan? Brands up there on your list? Yeah, I think I think for most drivers, that, after that, last year. Well, yeah, no, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, Brands I wasn't going to mention it. No, no, I think Brands GP for me is 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 one of the best. It's a real driver's circuit. I think we all enjoy racing it. Um, you know, for me, going back there this year, you know, I've got no doubt it's going to be. Um, you know, it's gonna, it's going to be tough. You know, to sort of, but you got to go on with that, haven't you? Really, I can't I can't do anything else. But I'm sure I'm going to have a, a pause for thought about what might have been. Um, but that's all it'll be. It's still a great circuit, you know, can't take that away. Um, I think, I, I, I always say, I mean, one circuit I really enjoy, you know, to drive a lap off, to really commit and to, um, you know, when you come out the the, the, uh, the garage on a fresh set of tyres, it's, it's probably not kill. Um, it's it's just super to, to hit a, uh, get a really good flying lap around there. You know, the minute you take off through turn one, um, you know whether this is going to be a good lap or not. And, because it's such a short circuit as well, um, you can just get in such a rhythm, and you basically end up you are pushing flat out, and your dash might change by half a tenth if you're lucky, and it's so difficult to hook up the perfect lap because you need the perfect lap if you're going to be on pole around there. Um, 
so yeah, I find that a real challenge, but it's just a, it's just a great circuit to drive, I think. I think it's a brilliant circuit to watch the racing at as well. I just love the the camera shot that we have as you come through the chicane and, and the cars are yomping over the um, over the the um, what do you call Engage. it? Curb, the curb. You know when they're jumping up <laughs> in the curb and coming straight towards you. I just think it makes it looks visually absolutely gorgeous. You mentioned nice. your pole yeah. there, Dan. I remember that moment. You actually. For a man I'm always taking the mickey out of about never smiling and you're kind of Mr. Poker Face. I thought you were mm -hmm. going to burst on, into tears on me there. You got quite emotional, didn't you? Yeah, I think it, I think it's just, um, you know, you, yeah, you, you do call me out a little bit for having a little bit of a, a poker face. I do, I have tried to explain that I do have resting bitch face. It is not, <laughs> I'm very aware of it and I don't mean it. I just, if I don't actively smile, unfortunately, my cheeks work in such a way that make it look like I'm sad, even though I'm not. Um, but no, it was, it was, it was great, you know, to get, to get that first pole, um, cause we'd been sort of peppering the, the, the top few places for a while. Um, and it just hadn't quite happened. And, um, to finally sort of make one stick was, was, was a real achievement, especially when, you know, at the time, uh, obviously Rory did it last year, but before that really getting pole in a front wheel drive car wasn't really the done thing at Knock Hill. So that was quite cool. Um, so yeah, your first pull is always special. Um, and obviously I had mine taken away as well. You know, my, my debut uh, at Brands that year, Indy, that, that was pole position. Um, I had that done and, and I got it taken off because I missed the bloody red light, didn't I? So I, I think that dwelled on my mind for a long time as well. So it was nice to kind of get that off my back and, and move on from that. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was a cool moment. How much is what you think of a track related to the results that you've had there? Obviously, I think not a lot. Yeah. I think a lot. Yeah, you, you, you've got cars. I used to love Snetterton because I always used to go well there because the cars suited it. Um, so I used to look forward to going back because you thought you were on for a good result. But yeah, I think that definitely is a bearing. Um, you like the challenge of circuits. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I think speed-wise, I've never been, Dan's on about Knock Hill, the fastest at Knock Hill, but... I think I've been lucky through the races. I've managed to come away with a fair few wins there. So, mm. so it's got a kind of soft spot in my heart. And there's, you know, the the fans. It's it's a bit old school, so they are on top of you. So when you know, I've had the good times and the bad times. I got there after nerfing flash off at Bolton in eleven and didn't get a very good reception. I didn't get a very good reception when Colin McRae nerfed me off there either. But you know, it swings for end of air, doesn't it? funny that <laughs> yeah no I, th I think i think that's right there is it, of course it's, it is linked to, to your past success really um castle coombe is is one place that i i've only raced at once um and i don't mind if i don't race there again because it's such a torrid time um even though the circuit might not be that you know it's all right to drive but my results were terrible and so i don't really want to see it again um you know that's why i'm kind of thankful you know i, I did have you know i've been to monaco and i had such a great experience because i was on the podium I might never get to drive it again. In fact, I'm doubtful I'll ever drive it again. But I'll always have that one memory of, of when I did. I was successful and that'll stick with me, really. So, yeah, it's quite nice. So, a lot of chat there about Knock Hill, which makes me think this is a good time to bring in our special guest because he is a man who knows a thing or two about Knock Hill. Um, he knows a thing or two about both of you as well because he's actually quite a familiar, familiar face in team dynamic circles. Uh, it is, drumroll please. It's Scotland's finest, Gordon Shedden. How are you, Gordon? Hey, hey. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry, I have to do Gordon in a Scottish accent because that's what your, your lovely wife Gillian always. Yeah, it's, it's that. 
it's that passive aggressive kind of tone, isn't it, that I get on a daily basis. <laughs> How are you doing? How's, how's lockdown life in Scotland been for you? Uh, to be fair, I mean, uh, in some ways, okay. It's, it's just sod's law, isn't it, from a circuit point of view, that we had 12 weeks of lockdown and there was barely a cloud in the sky. It was blistering sunshine for 12 weeks and now we've started to run again. Um, all that built-up moisture is uh, finding its way down to the surface. So, yeah, it's a bit of a pain. But apart from that, it's okay. Obviously, lots going on in terms of trying to understand what the future is going to hold from the from the circuit's point of view, what we can do, what we can't do. And, yeah, it's pretty stressful. Did, did quite a few miles on the, on the road bike because the roads were empty, so it was great. Done about, I don't know, 3,500 kilometres on the push bike in lockdown. So, yeah, did quite a bit. So it was okay. So presumably, I was talking to the guys about their favourite circuits. I would imagine Knock Hill, well, you have to say Knock Hill's right up there for you, don't you, bearing in mind that you run the circuit. We don't have to, but I imagine you would. It it is, but it it comes with its own stresses and its own pressures. It's not as uh, as straightforward as it seems. And, uh, you know, I think people think that, you know, for any Scottish driver, they just drive round and round, you know, or or for me and, you you know, for Rory, that we just drove round 12 hours a day every day of the week. And it couldn't be further from the truth, you know, it's... um, you know, I would go from one season to the next in touring car without actually driving a lap in anger because what am I going to learn by, you know, pounding around in a road car? It's so different to the touring car that there's not actually any point or, or, or desire to go and do it. Now, fair enough, I'd go around the track doing some instruction and some various things, and you learn that way, even from the passenger seat. But, yeah, it's not not a case of just going round and round in race cars, that's for sure. That's uh, that, that costs money, and that's not a good thing. You like you sat alongside me in the passenger seat a couple of years ago, didn't you? I'd like to think, what did you learn from me? Be nice. Uh, I, Lou, I found parts of the circuit I never knew existed. So, yeah, every day is a school day. Thank you so much. You told me you learned how to do your makeup while reversing at the same time. Oh, <laughs> sexist comment there, Matt. <laughs> Girls don't always have to do their makeup to go racing. You're right. You had a, you had a good go in that Mini Cooper, though, didn't you? You do caused you know a bit I, of damage, well, and you you employed some touring car tactics, didn't you? You you'd listened listened well from uh, from everyone's attention. input. I, yeah, well I, well, I paid, I say I paid attention. I paid attention to you and your instruction. What I hadn't paid attention to or hadn't asked. Um, I should say, is is where the switch for the blower was. Because in true Knockhill form, it started absolutely chucking it down with rain just before just before my race started. So, um, and funny enough, I qualified someone near the back. I had a demon start there, I say it myself. I took about four cars on the uh, on the opening lap. Um, but thereafter, once we once the race got going, and I was obviously breathing, and I, it just kept clouding up and fogging up and fogging up. And I had two tiny little strips of that I could see through in the front windscreen so it was like okay lean to the right and peer through the right hand strip for a right hand corner and vice versa for a left hand corner so quite frankly after that I was only ever going to be going backwards but good fun though I loved I loved driving around it what's your favorite and and to be fair we'll make a racing driver out of you yet because that's a damn good excuse you've got straight into that book of uh, excuses that all racing drivers have (laughs) I've had years of listening to you blokes I've got them all up my sleeve What's, what's your favourite circuit, Gordon? Um, I don't know. I think you, you always like the ones that you, you know, that you that you go well at, don't you? I think that's you know that's you know probably a, a kind of given. But like Matt, Bathurst, good. I mean, it's just it's a crazy place. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a long way to go. 
Um, to be fair, Matt and I went to Bathurst for a beer last year. It was a long way to go for a beer, but that was all we achieved when we went there. Never even sat in the race car where we were supposed to drive. Tell us the story why. Uh, so um, kind of started out, uh, oh, started out a great, uh, great car now, the GT3, uh, to get run by uh, you know proper team, uh, Melbourne Performance Centre out there. But uh, unfortunately, the uh, the the, the AM driver uh, who was sharing the car with us uh, had a, a slight excursion in FP1. So we never, that destroyed the car and that was us. We'd gone to Australia and the only thing to do was go for a beer. So it was the longest. I think we should have got a prize for that, really. I presume the AM driver was paying for it, were they? As in they'd put up the funding for it so you couldn't really yeah. complain too much. Yeah, it kind of was what it was. At least it was sunny. But, and uh, Lou, we've all done it. We've all been there. And it's an unforgiving place. You don't, you you don't have to get it much wrong um, for it to to be pretty difficult out there. What's your favourite corner of any track? Favourite corner used to be the old Dingle Dell at Brands Hatch GB before they ruined it and made it all safe and nice. Uh, I only did it one year. I only did it in my first year of the Fiesta Championship, um, so it would have been late nineties. But it it was a fantastic corner. Um, you know, a little bit kind of more sane now, but it, it was uh, it was pretty good. What made it so special? I think it was, you know, that, that whole GP loop, um, it was always very difficult to go and test on the Grand Prix loop um, at Brands Hatch. I think they've got certain, they've only got certain amount of days that they can use every year. So you were kind of going in blind and you kind of, you go from this kind of relatively slow, sedate section and, uh, you know, on the indie circuit, and then it's just like all hell breaks loose out the back. You've got to throw your brain out, hang on. It's very close with the overhanging trees. It's fast. There's a bridge that you go under that you think you're going to hit on the way under it the first couple of times you go under it. And then, uh, yeah, up into Dingle Dell, super fast, mega committed. And I loved it because it was just like the chicane at Knock Hill. It was blind. It required it to be super aggressive on the curves. But there was a bit of technique to it as well. It wasn't just a case of uh, throwing caution to the wind and hoping as you as, as you fly through in midair. So a good corner for a racing driver, correct me if I'm wrong, is it a slightly scary corner, Dan? Oh, sorry, Dan. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, a corner that tests you, of course. If you, you know, there are certain corners out there that require an amount of not just skill, but also bravery. Um, and, you know, there are places we go, you know, Dingle Dell, uh, you know, for example, the old one, but even the new one, you know, you have to build up to 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 that back section at Brands Hatch because if you get it wrong through there, unfortunately, you're probably not going to have an incident without hitting something. So it's not somewhere you can really take risks. Um, you know, the, the, you go to Silverstone now and it's obviously it's designed for Formula One. So there's so much runoff um, in a car like a touring car, which is just not quite fast enough, really, for the circuit. Um you know, everything's so far away from you. So, you know, you've got a lot of track to play with before you sort of scare yourself in any way. You know, somewhere like Alton Park, but, you know, Druids at Alton Park again, where you could, under the trees, where it's fast, fourth gear, or fifth gear, I think it actually might be. Um, very little margin forever. You know, they're the kind of corners that start to separate the, the you know, the good from the, from the great, really. You're about to say the men from the boys there, weren't you? And then you hesitated. <laughs> I was trying to think of the right way to put it. 
when, when, when you talk about Silverstone there and needing a, a fast car to test you and scare yourself, I had the biggest fright of my life at Silverstone in a 1.4 litre Fiesta, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> we, used to, we used to have a night race at Silverstone, if you remember back in 99, we had a night race at Snetterton and a night race at Silverstone. But it was only on the, it would have been the interna- the old international circuit at the time. So you kind of hang a right through at the end of Maggots before Beckett's and then headed off down to yep. down to the hairpin before coming back to Bridge. And I remember racing the Fiesta half past 11 at night, completely pitch black. And I, and I was leading the race and everything was all good. And um, I come round Cops and I was heading in towards Maggots and Beckett's and coming towards me with two lights <laughs> from another Fiesta coming straight towards me. And I had that moment of thinking, no, no, this can't be happening. Mm. And it was Maxi Jazz. Remember Maxi Jazz, the singer? I do. And he got it wrong and continued off down the hangar straight, decided he'd gone to the wrong circuit. So done a U-turn and come back up Beckett's towards Maggots. And he doesn't know where he is on the track because there's nobody else about at that time, apart from all these cars coming towards him. And that, yeah, has been the slowest car I've been in that's given me the biggest sore heart moment where I thought my heart was about to pop that, out of my chest. That, that is an amazing I, uh, I, 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 read, um, I read Martin Brundle's book on holiday once and it was, I think he was at the D- Detroit GP and he said it was torrential rain in, and it was a Formula One race, torrentially raining and he spam, spam on, on one of the straights I think, like aquaplane and it said it did a full 360 and more. Um, it didn't know how many times it had gone round and then he, he got going again in a straight line. And as he accelerated, he suddenly realised, I don't know which way I'm, I'm going. And obviously in the in the rain, and you, to have that that moment, I just I don't know why it stuck with me. But when I read that passage, I thought, God, imagine having that moment where you don't know if you're accelerating into oncoming traffic on a Formula One, <laughs> a Formula One car. That must have been absolutely frightening. Um, but yeah, very similar, very similar to what you had there. Uh, God. I did a Fiesta race. I think it was my first ever race when I got my arts license. It was at Silverstone, um, and I was just you know I was in a guest car, and I just about managed to qualify. I was obviously off the, off the back of the grid um but i thought i wanted to like get some tips and advice so i thought that the i thought i'd follow this guy i let him pass me well i didn't have to let him pass to be quite honest quite quickly but i thought oh he's obviously good i'll try and follow him it's cops the first corner isn't it on the old yeah so i thought i'll follow him through cops huge mistake because obviously my skill was nowhere at his level and i had like a total 360 i thought i was going to hit the pit wall thank god i didn't but i scared the bejesus out of myself at the end of the session this guy came and found me and he said oh my god are you okay he said i was watching you in my mirrors and i was thinking she's not going to follow me she's not she is she's going to try and follow. oh my god she's going to try and follow me this <laughs> do not try and follow me through this corner See, see, you, that, that's the next part, Lou, that near misses don't count. You've got to remember that being a racing driver. Because <laughs> the amount of near misses that everyone's had, you'd never sit in a car again. So they don't count at all. That's very true. <laughs> What's your favourite, favourite, favourite corner, Matt? Um, I think uh, Dan won't like to hear this, but I think it'd be Hawthorne at, um, on the Grand Prix loop at Brands Hatch. Of anywhere in the world, I like that corner because it's, it's cambered. You, whenever you turn into it, you can't turn in, you can always turn in faster or so you just, especially with the Honda, because it's such a, the high speed stability of the car is, is so good. You just turn you just wang it in and literally you, you don't think, your brain's saying it's not going to stick. Is, is that a Brummie term? Wang. <laughs> it's wang it in. Yeah. It's, well, <laughs> who have you been speaking to? 
<laughs> As a driver, do you think you just are instinctively better at some types of corners than you are at others? I think it's about programming and you get the chip. You know, sometimes we, I, you used to get drivers used to jump from one category to the other. Um, I think it's become so specialist now because people know what it takes to win and the, the margins you're looking for are so narrow. So I think the likes of when Jim Clark jumped in a touring car to an F2 car to an F1 car, I don't think that could happen anymore. I think if Lewis Hamilton, who's amazing, or Sebastian Vettel jumped in a British touring car, I think they'd be good, but I think they, they wouldn't stick it on pole. Um, or I'd be surprised, I'd be very surprised if they did, because it's so specialist, there's such different things, and you get that, you know, jumping from different touring car categories to each other. You go from the UK to Aussie V8, you know, which is big engine, five-litre, rear-wheel drive, compared to what we're running over here. They're just, you've got to work out what makes them tick, and some, some people get that, you know, they're good at certain things, or, or they just... They just figure it out quicker or they, it just works for them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think, I think from my, throughout my career, um, I don't think there's anywhere really in the UK now that, I mean, we've all done so many laps of the UK circuits because that's what, that's what we have. But, um, you know, so you, the bits you know you're weaker at, you learn and, and the gap closes up. But fun, I think in from what I've seen of, of myself, obviously, the racing I've done over the, over the years, um, I seem to struggle or I have to, I have to spend more time learning corners where it's not a double apex, but, but a corner where you have to go past the, where there is, it's almost a late apex where you almost have to drive into no man's land to come back to find the apex. Um, I don't know why I like to see where I'm going at. When I have to drive into sort of, a part of track where I, don't, where I kind of feel like I don't know where I am and I end up turning in too early or too late and I have to really hone that down um, that's just I've always seemed to struggle I actually did a race on the sim the other night at uh, a Slovakia ring never been spent ages practicing um, and the middle sector had one of them corners and I was like four temps off in the middle sector alone I'm sure it was that corner I'm sure to, it was to be fair to, when Jonathan Palmer reprofiled Snetterton I spoke to him about it and he tried to design the corners so the drivers would hate them, so you'd make mistakes. Because if he says, if a driver makes mistakes, you promote overtaking. So he's, you know, he really thinks about things. And I think, you know, he's been inspirational for British motorsport, what he's done to the circuits. And, you know, that's just one example of, of what Jonathan brings to the party in, in racing. Mm. Where's the biggest place for mistakes at Knock Hill? I guess it's the, it's the, the tight. From, from when you drive out the pit lane. Yeah, or when you don't drive out the pit lane, when you rearrange your teammate in the pit lane, perhaps, Mr. Neil. Ah, uh, he's brake checking me. <laughs> <laughs> I, learned that, that, I learned my lessons. Make sure you stop at red lights. <laughs> what about circuits that you um, that you always wish that you could drive? You mentioned some of the ones that you've absolutely loved, but what about circuits that you've never raced at, never driven around, that, that are way up there, top of your list? Yeah, for me, it's for me. Like we said before, Bathurst is 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 probably the the one that's on my wish list that I I would like love to tick off, and I hope I hope I still will get chance actually to, to go there eventually one day and, and give that a go. Is that because of the circuit or because of the event? 
Uh, I think the circuit just looks incredible. Just just to tame that, you know, I I'm a big fan of of of, um, of, of sort of qualifying. I mean, qualifying on the touring car weekend is probably my favourite point of the whole bit because I love that moment of everything you've got versus what everybody else has got and coming out on top when you've done the best job. Uh, I love screwing myself up for that one mighty lap. I just that's what I enjoy. And uh, I watched. Uh, I must have seen it a hundred times now. Um, Scott McLaughlin's um, sub two minute fall lap in, in the V8 that he, I think he did last year. Uh, and it's just fantastic to watch. You know, the commitment he has over the top is just like incredible. Um, yeah, it must, be, it must be cool just, just to drive a lap, forget racing around there, but just, just to tame that place must be quite amazing. What about you, Matt? Um, I always said I'm, I'm sad I've never done Le Mans. Um, you know, I've been, I've done Nürburgring, done Spa, done Zolder, Zandvoort, you know, I've done a fair few, done Monza. So I've done a fair few of them. I'd be sad I've never done Le Mans. Um, and then, you know, we, we went, mentioned earlier about the fans at Bathurst to what, you know, the circuit's iconic, but the fans are iconic as well. Just, um, and, you know, if you go to Laguna Seca, the fans are meant to be pretty, uh, feral. <laughs> it's a word I can think of there, which but that's half the half the half the crack to me. You know, it's that's part of the circus and you know the reason you go and the reason it's just such an event. How much of that do you pick up on when you're racing there? Does it make a difference? Surely you're zoned in and focusing on what you're doing, aren't you, rather than the the whole of the atmosphere that's going on? Um, yeah, I mean, one of the few times we go back to the we mentioned our super tours, you know, in a, in a previous conversation. And they were incredibly noisy because um, they weren't turbocharged. They were high revving. And you could, you know, your ears hurt, even though you're wearing earplugs when you got out of them. Um, one of the few times I heard the crowd outside, from inside the car, was when I overtook Jimmy in the big race in 99. because the roar of the crowd. And that's still, you know, I still hear it today. And that's, that's pretty electrifying. But you do get a bit, but not a lot, because you are pretty focused on the job. The big race with the big check in 99. Oh yes, <laughs> Gordon. Where would where would you be? Uh, where would you name as the place you'd like to like to go? Um, uh, I mean, I guess I'm you know I'm lucky that I have you know experienced quite a few you know quite a few iconic circuits over the years. You know, Suzuka was pretty cool and Nurburgring, all that. But I guess the one that I, that I would like to go to uh, is probably Monaco because you. The only chance I would now get to race it is maybe in a in a historic car, but I think as an event that the you know the historic event in Monaco would be pretty cool to be part of, and it'd be nice to drive something just to say you've done it and tick the box. You know, again, you know, been to Spa, been to you know you know the iconic circuits. The only one that really hasn't been ticked, uh, I guess, is Monaco. So that'd be quite interesting to go and go and have a have a have a rip round there. I, I been like to, to Monaco. Have... I've I've seen you dancing on the boats in Monaco. <sighs> so you've been there. You just haven't driven around the track. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the experience of Monaco in the past. It'd just be nice to, <laughs> to take I would, something around. I would actually add. I think I think Gordon's been there. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd quite like to go at Macau as well. I think that's that's somewhere that I'd, I'd love to have it. You know, I think that's one of those circuits that's quite quite iconic and gets seen as, as, as one of the major events. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I'd quite like to go at, Mon at Macau as well. If, if, if yeah, I think that's a good call, Dan. Yeah, I think that's a good call, Dan. Uh, Flash has done that, but I haven't. Flash, you've been around. Uh, yeah, and, and Macau's an amazing event, but Jesus, it's dangerous out there. You know, it's, um, and we all like a bit of danger, but it's just, it's chaos, you know, and 
And obviously now they're running GT cars around there as well. I mean, there was one race a couple of years ago and nobody made it. Every car crashed on the first lap, didn't they? Took out every car. <laughs> they did, yeah. Oh, that, that was an expensive it, race. It caused and, such, and, a, such a pile-up that nobody got through, did they? They all just had to stop and park up. <laughs> and, you know, maybe the touring car is the safe option because the bike boys race around there and you think there's absolutely no way in the world they'd want to be racing around Macau on a, on a super bike, that's for sure. Gordon, you've raced at Suzuka, which for me as the driver, obviously having worked for many years in Formula One, that I would say is is pretty near the top of the list or at the top of the list for most of the F1 drivers. Dan and Matt, have you have you ever been there, ever wanted to go there? Would that be up there for you guys? And what is it about Suzuka that everybody gets so excited about? Well, is it the the, the Senna Prost um, Contratonda there or whatever? It's it's Honda owned. It's 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 a very special place. I've never been there. I've been there in spirit a few times because obviously I've, I've worked uh, 10 years on the Eurosport commentary team. So I was, and Gordon was in doing his WTC stuff. I was, I'd be shouted about it, but the Asian races we used to do from a studio over, over this side of the world. So I'd be, I'd be up in the middle of the night burning the midnight oil with Martin Haven shouting about it. There's, there's a really cool thing from Suzuka. I don't know if anyone's seen it in the, um, obviously, you, like you were talking about like the Senna Prost here, so, so that would have been like McLaren MP4 or, or whatever it was about that kind of time. And what you know, the noise of, of like of that Honda engine back there, you know, just like you know, stupid revs. But they've done it against lights all the way around the circuit, so they've kind of matched the noise of Senna's lap to these lights going all the way around Suzuka circuit, and it's really spooky, but it's dead impressive to watch like the to not see anything visually of a car on track but just to see the lights moving where the car would be against the the soundtrack to the engine is uh, is pretty special it's what it's worth looking for on uh, on tinter web yeah i was there cool. for the i was there for the center pros race it was my i'm aging myself there but it's my very very early years of uh, of formula one so did, i remember being there for that did you get you to stay at the theme park yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we used to go over to the theme park and then there was a fantastic, um, uh, at, at the, over at the hotel, it had a little bar, the, actually, well, the log cabin, which had the karaoke um, right. huts attached to it. So yeah, I've, I've had a few nights in the log cabin over the years. I was telling somebody the other day about, you know, there with Ed and Senna, I think he'd won the championship and he was celebrating and he'd, he'd had a few and he actually was sitting on a window ledge and he fell out of the window landed on a couple of Japanese fans who were outside because the Japanese fans are all so polite and, and quiet and you know they, but, uh, no but they, they would have barged into the bar but they were just trying to peep in and watch what was going on they are absolutely mad for the motorsport out in Japan it's just incredible like even in even in pit lane walkabout um in TCR there's like a guy with a full race suit on and a Senna helmet coming to get like autographs and things like that it's just the most it's just different, but it's really, really cool. It's, it's it's passionate motorsport, but just in a different culture, and that's really nice to see. Very, very different. We would be there, but this was when you had um, a warm up in the morning before the before the race. So it was like three, four hours before the Grand Prix. So we'd get there in the morning, and it was still dark. Um, but the guys would be working away in the garages, and as the sun came up, it was only then when we saw some light that you realised the grandstands were actually full already. Mm. They were just all sitting there, terribly quietly not saying a word, no, you know, just, just waiting for the action to start. Very, very excited and looking forward to it. Total contrast to someone like Brazil where they're banging drums and going crazy from eight o'clock. Actually, it wouldn't be eight o'clock in Brazil. They'd all be late. It'd be about 11, wouldn't it? So, 
circuits that um, we talked about circuits that you wished you could drive out. What about, are there any tracks in the UK that you haven't visited? I think uh, I've given some which are probably off the radar. Um, the Pembrate and Mallory Park, Cadwell, Ingleston. I've even raced there, which is you go through a pair of trees at one point and it's a old, um, what's it? It's not a proving ground, is it, Flash? It's a old farm. No, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it was a circuit in about 1876. <laughs> 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 I think there's. Um, I think there's a few I probably haven't driven. Like I've, 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 I've never raced at Pembury. I've done, I've done, a, I've done a couple of laps there, though. Uh, Cadwell, I've, I've never done, but that looks really good fun. But I'm not sure what you could really drive there in a car nowadays. Um, it'd be a bit tight for a touring car. Good for the bikes. I went to watch the BSB there a couple of years ago. It was great fun. Um, I imagine there's quite a few places I've still yet to drive. It's pretty, it's pretty tight at Cadwell. I remember, obviously, like in years gone by, you know, for, for a lot of drivers, you go and do quite a lot of instructing at different at different venues. And Cadwell was uh, was a place which uh, you know had a fairly active driving school, maybe back in like mid late nineties. So you get kind of like buddied up as an instructor with a certain amount of guests, and the, you know you go around in a saloon car, and and they did like a program for a week, you know, or a three or four day course to to learn to be a single seater driver. So. The instructors would go out on Marshall's posts and they would, you know, like radio back in comments for car number one or car number 10 or, or, or whatever it was. And that would be their, like their guest, you know, like their, like their customer. And I remember back then there was um, something had happened to one of the cars and they said, oh, you know, Jimmy Smith's going to change from car number 10 um, to car, car number 12 or something. So we'll send an instructor out in car number 10 just to, to check that it's all right. And obviously instructors being instructors and racing drivers, young racing drivers with big egos are all in radio contact with each other. And they've had a bit of a problem with this like chief instructor or something. So the guy comes over the top of the mountain down through the essays. So he, he decides, he, he looks about and thinks, I need to like scare him a bit. So he picks up at the side of the marshal's post half a brick. He thinks this is going to be the funniest thing ever. So waits for car number 10 to come down and launches the brick which bounces three or four times, pops up and hits the front wheel, scuds the boy in the helmet and the guy spins off into the tyre wall. Just as the radio message comes through that they'd fixed the problem in car number 10 and it wasn't the instructor, it was just the pupil back out in the car again. Oh my and God. you've got a car with no wheels on it having been thrown something by an instructor on the side of the marshal's post. And of course, everyone's backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. So the guy comes back into the pits and the instructor's there. Uh, and obviously the guy, you know, the, the pupil's not super happy at, at what's happened. So, oh, who was, who was Marshall in there? Which instructor? The instructor walks up and says, yeah, yeah, that was me. He said, um, you know, you were in car 10. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Said, what's the problem? You know, wh wh why did you throw that at me? He said, the instructor just turned around and said, we're on day four. That's what happens when you miss your apexes, pal. <laughs> 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 And that was Jesus. it. See, that's that's the only story from Cadwell. That's a but yeah, random place. Crazy. <laughs> so you you instruct these days, Dan? Don't you? Uh, I do. Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, I never sit in the car though. That's something I've I've, I've never done. I've, I tried um, a couple of years ago when I thought about trying to do a bit more instructing. Um, 
I, I sat in the car with, with, with someone, I can't remember who now, um, and it scared the living daylights out of me. It, it, when he drove on the grass halfway down the straight, it, what was a straight line, but still ended up driving me on the grass, I just thought, I'm not doing this, it's too dangerous. Um, I'm a bit of a girl as well, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even ashamed to say it. I, um, I, I just Why would you and, be ashamed to say that you're a girl? Well, I just, you know, I just get a bit sort of, scared to be honest there's a passenger you know I'm, I'm constantly holding on i go very quiet even though you meant to talk them through it i just sit there in silence because i'm too busy being scared out man you know scared to death um so i realized being in the car is probably not for me so i'm i do quite a lot with the porsche stuff though i think i'm i'm quite good at, at getting the data across i'm quite good at you know analyzing the video and trying to help the guys um you know get the best out of the out of the porsche which is which is not the easiest thing to drive to be honest and you know, my records suggest that I was pretty good at it. So they, they listen, to be fair, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I do. I, I work quite closely with the Porsche stuff, but that's that's about it. And it, work, it works well for me because, obviously, touring cars only start on a Saturday. And we would be at the track on a Friday anyway, you know, whether it's doing a little bit of a debrief or just getting ready. So I might as well work a little bit as well and, and, and earn some extra cash on the side. So it works quite well. It used to be how pretty much every racing driver, every young racing driver, they worked at a track somewhere instructing, didn't they? That was kind of how they earned their cash and then they spent it at the weekends. Did you ever do it, um, Matt? Yeah, I've been there. I've, um, but you find a lot of the older drivers don't, as Dan says, don't do it uh, anymore. It's more for the young, fearless ones because, I mean, I've ended up in Derby Royal Infirmary after being thrown in a wall by a middle-aged woman. <laughs> no, no sentiments, Louise. Um, um, who I thought was a good driver, and you just let him off the leash a wee bit, and she absolutely destroyed this Nissan 200SX we were driving around in, and uh, put me in hospital overnight, so um, yeah, strapped to the bed. Scary, scary stuff. Let's bring in some, we've got some questions from some of the fans. Um, Rachel on Instagram says, have any of you ever been stuck in a circuit for whatever reason? So locked out, car stuck in, a, in the mud or something like that? Can't say, can't say I have, no. I've always, I've always been one to scarper pretty quickly if, um, if I need to. She's obviously never seen Knock Hill's car park. No, uh, I remember Soup's, no, that's a gist. Sorry, Flash. I, I, hope you, I hope you're going to talk about 2001 kind of what time with Tomo. What was that Or was it, was, it, was it last the European days, trying to get back into a circuit that was locked? Uh, yeah, oh, this sounds like a story we need to hear. I've got a few of those. I can't remember. <laughs> well, Gordon obviously can. You tell it, Gordon. <laughs> no, I'll tell you one. We'll go back to Knock Hill Circuit. When I, I was driving with um, Vauxhall, we had, my teammate was Fabrizio Giovinardi. He was, he was a bit of a nutcase as well. And the then boss, Ian Harrison, I was at the hotel and he was pouring down with rain. And he comes out of the hotel in the morning and he's got a puncture. So he puts... Um, the uh, um, um, inflating agent in the, because there's no spare in the car, and puts the uh, inflating agent in the, um, in the tire, and Fabrizio convinces him he's got to, it's a centrifugal force which will inflate it, and so convinces the boss he's got to wheel spin the car around the car park, which he does, and it half inflates. He then drives the circuit, um, and the thing obviously craps itself and he's got it driving around on a rim. So then he's, he can't get in and then he stood in the rain. So he's, and Ian Harrison had got a proper temper on him anyway. Gets to the, the circuit and he's proper pissed. Walking through a muddy car park, coming up the hill. 
My company car at the time was a VXRA, which is a big Australian muscle car. And I got a load of people in there and I went, watch this everybody. So I pulled in the car park and I just floored it. Just wheel spun, two big black lines in the mud, going up, covered in. I got sacked three times on that day. <laughs> it wasn't the first, it wasn't the last. But he was, he was, uh, it was quite colourful, what was coming at me in language. Have you ever picked anyone up off the floor at Knock Hill, Gordon, who can't quite make their, make their way home? Uh, yeah, there's always a few. Um, a, a few stragglers that you've got to give a bit of an assist to to, to try and get them out. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, and sometimes it's always the quiet ones, isn't it? That all of a sudden you, what on earth happens? But you know, maybe people start having a few beers at lunchtime and it it, it quickly escalates. Shall we okay, say? Pete Tong. Mm, yeah, I think, was, I think that was. I think last year that was that was my girlfriend and and her, her friend. Um, <laughs> they they just. I was off doing my thing and they decided to get stuck into the wine uh, in the hospitality. I came back, I think, on about the third bottle. And then at one point we had to go do a talk in, in um, I think it was the Lockering, um, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, hospitality. And they turned up with cans of tenants, bearing in mind that I've never seen her drink a can of tenants. Um, <clears throat> so she sat drinking a can of tenants. Then she appears on the grid. God knows how she got on the grid. Um, she did, sticking her head through the window. I was like, will you please get off the grid and, <laughs> and sober up before we... Put it this way, she, she slept all the way home. <laughs> but she had good fun, so I can't complain. So Peter John on Facebook wants to know, have any of you ever driven to the wrong circuit for a race weekend? No, but I've told... Um, I had a good friend of mine that was at Donington, and he went to Donington in Telford rather than Donington in <laughs> Derby, by Derby. <laughs> he goes, where are you? Where's the circuit? Uh, where are you? No. Well, this is before, before you know, sat-navs and all that sort of stuff. What about you, Gordon? No, I've, I've not been to the wrong circuit, but I remember, obviously when I started kind of, you know, racing down in England, there was, there was no sat-nav, you know, you kind of like plan a map. And I just remember the first time I went to Donington, when Matt says Donington, I just remember somebody said to me, yeah, yeah, it's just next to Alton Towers. I thought, that's happy days, I'll just get to the Midlands and follow the signs for Alton Towers. So literally, I got to Alton Towers and was looking about for a race circuit, not realising that it was just in the vicinity, somewhere near, about 10, 15 miles away. Yeah, I can't say that I've, um, I don't think I have really ever got lost. I, I am, I, I started with SatNav, so um, it's always helped me out, to be honest. I've, I've, I've been to the wrong airport trying to get to a circuit. <laughs> Tell us that when story. I, when, when I've booked a flight, I've done it a couple of times now. I've booked a flight from Edinburgh and turned up at Glasgow or vice versa. And yeah, you have that moment when your your ticket doesn't work trying to get through security, and you're like, oh, you idiot, what are you doing? Then you've got to be flat out back along the M8 to try and make your flight. Inevitably, <laughs> you're late. You don't get to answer this one, Gordon, because I know exactly what your uh, what your answer will be. Um, but Caroline on Facebook says, which circuit has the best bacon butties? That's a good question. That is. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I, I know. I know that I once got food poisoning at Silverstone, so that wasn't great. That was a long time ago, and shouldn't put anybody off eating at Silverstone. But I did. I did definitely get food poisoning from eating a, a sausage butty that was on a test day at Silverstone about ten years ago. Um, I love the people down in, in in where this place is, but the food we used to go and camp there for a week at, at Pembroke. Oh, not Pembroke. You're not going to tell oh. me Pembroke. And it used to remind me of school dinners. All, with, with a jug of lemonade at lunchtime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but 
we've talked about um circuits you really want to go to what about bad is there such a thing as a bad luck circuit a circuit where you think it just always goes wrong for me there and then it becomes a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy not if you've got your lucky charms like mm-hmm. what are your like. lucky charms oh, i've got loads of lucky charms mainly he's underpants I've got it's, not, it's, not, it's not a joke. That's actually <laughs> well, Are you quite superstitious then, Matt? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm badass superstitious. I get it off my mum. She used to maybe, if we had a, a new moon, we, me and my sister had to go out and dance and sing to it and blah, blah, blah. That explains a lot. Yeah. You're out so, singing to the moon. Well, that was just one. So I'm, I am, um, I think it's, it, people have asked me about it and it puts you in a your comfortable place. You know, you you want to you want your mind focused before a race, and and you want to be in a good place, and that helps me put me in a good place. But I'm I annoy myself. I'm so, so what bad. do you do? What do you do? You name Everything it. Everything he does. I've got to have it. Everything. Oh, tell me what he does, Dan. Tell Everything. me what he does. Dan. Go through the list. I've, I've, I know that he definitely has lucky socks and underpants. Um, I believe they do get washed. He, write, he writes events. his name on underwear if he's had a good result. <laughs> Days, yeah, where the it. result was. <laughs> <laughs> he autographs his own like a shredding. At school. I'm just waiting for him to come with his gloves with a bit of string round the top of his shoulders <laughs> and back out so he remembers which ones are his lucky ones. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, look, when well, it has rubbed off on I know it's rubbed off on Gordon. I'm working on Dan because I have lucky everything. If something goes well, I'll I'll wear it again, I'll mark it. And, you know, this is from because you get multiple suits, multiple sets of underwear. And Flash won the um, championship in, when was it? 12, 12 or something. And um, uh, he was having the next year, the first half of the year, I went great. And he did absolutely crap. So the mid season, our boots were red for 12, and they were black for 13. He turns up after the mid season break with his 12, 2012 boots, red boots. And I went, uh, they're not on brand as we're getting ready. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't find them. So his results completely changed. And he over, like, then we go head to head at the end of the year. So I think, stuff this. So I bring out some of my old championship boots. And so I'm going to trump I'm going to get into his, under his skin, you know, you've got to get it. And so we get to the last race and I've got my lucky boots on as well. And he's got his boots on. And then he looks at me, we're getting, we've just got change in the back of the truck in the office and everything. And he looks at me with this really stupid look on his face, even more stupid than it normally is. <laughs> Starts to unzip his overalls and he goes, da-da, and pulls his top open like Superman. And he's got all his underwear from the year before as well. <laughs> and he went and won the championship again, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're taking notes here, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, this is what this is one section that I don't really take note of. I've I've, I've taken lots of notes off Matt, but I'm um, no the, the superstition thing. I don't. Um, I'm not one to buy into it really. I think I'm, I, I, I'm tempted to, but then again, it's always too random. You know, like Matt says, you know, you have a good result in one set of overalls. Yeah, but then I had a bad result in them just after. So yeah, but it could have been I, worse. I yeah, if you had a shot with me, Dave, well, you'd be champion now. I can't, <laughs> I can't get into it. So, um, no, I do, I do keep certain things for best. So I do, I do usually get um, have stuff for Saturday, stuff for a Sunday. Um, you know, trying to keep my newest stuff for, for best sort of thing. But no, I don't, I don't really try and, I don't go to the, the mat slims. Yeah, I, I know, right. some of you, I know um, where we go for a walk around here. 
Liddy's massively because she won't walk over the grates. I, I just walk straight over the top, but she, she dodges down the road because she doesn't want to walk over the top of more than one grate if, if it's joined. And I can't get my head around it because we go for a run and like dancing all over the road, just trying to avoid... I don't like treading on the line. I don't like treading <laughs> on the line. No. It's, um, you're, yeah. you're, you're superstitious um, stuff didn't give you a great outcome at uh, Silverstone after the Mazda shunt, did it? Yeah, but it could have been worse. Well, it just, could have been worse. The, the, the nurse was well impressed with it. Oh, that was Snetterton two weeks before. I, I, Lou, I used to have this... My sister gave me a pair of comedy boxer shorts years ago, and they were flesh-coloured with a pair of stockings and suspenders print on them. And I wore them for one race, and I had a great result. So they became my lucky pants. But I wore them so much, they got a bit threadbare. Like the bottom had fallen out of them. And we were at Snetterton uh, qualifying, and I had a, it was so hot, we weren't wearing the fire, I wasn't wearing fireproof uh, long johns, only the top half. And um, I had a big shunt in qualifying, rolled it into the, um, the, the, the potato field. And so I'm in the med center afterwards, they get me out of the car, and I'm in the med center, they're going, right, get him stripped off, take all your blood pressure and all this sort of stuff. And then the, the doctor goes, all oh, right, okay, we'll strip them all off now. I'm going, no, 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 no. Uh, you don't want to go there. No, we're all, we're all grown up in here. It's okay. All these nurses around me. I said, I don't think I had to go through the whole story and explain why, which they gave him a chuckle. But um, yeah. But then I wore them again two weeks later, and that's when I had the big shunt at Silverstone and barrel rolled the Mazda 10 times. And after that, I took them and I threw them in the bin. My lucky underpants, my favorite pants. <laughs> But then I looked back at it and I said, well, it could have been worse. I could have got worse, worsely hurt, couldn't I? So maybe they were lucky after all. You'll never know. We talked about, we talked about um, Silverstone earlier on and the fact that we've all seen each other. I've seen all three of you there in the BRDC campsite at the British Grand Prix. Tell us some stories from there. Tell us the stories that you can tell from there because there's so much naughtiness goes on at that track over the course of the Grand Prix weekend, isn't there? With, with, it's full of racing drivers who aren't racing and they're just having a good time. And as we all know, racing drivers are very, very cheap dates. I've never want, met one yet who can really hold their alcohol. Well, I think I've seen you with one eye looking one way and one eye looking the other way, Lou. <laughs> As you're I walking don't out think the, so. The I don't think so. Uh, it's the one, it, you know, there's a, there's a couple of events in the year, um, Autosport Awards, the British Grand Prix, you know, those events. We're all so busy doing what you're doing and some on international, do it going around the world and everything, that you actually, you're lucky enough to meet up and maybe have, have a weekend off if you're lucky and sort of let your hair down because you're not racing. And yeah, it's just to, to catch up with people that you don't see very often. I, 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 I remember that um, when you were talking about like another event that people can kind of let their hair down a fair bit is at Goodwood for festival speeds or, or whatever and that's pretty good but I remember when I, I think it was my first year it must have been 2006 first year at Goodwood and uh, Jensen was in the BAR car and obviously at Goodwood we're all there with the motor homes uh, so everyone's kind of together as well and he had like a full on hot tub and DJ and all sorts of stuff. But it was kind of 2006, although it doesn't sound that long ago, it still was a bit before the time of mobile phones, like, you know, Twitter. I mean, I don't even know if Twitter existed in 2006. It probably no, didn't. You know, no, Facebook wasn't so. a thing. The iPhone only came out in 2007, I think. Uh, I, no. I remember about four o'clock in the morning, as all piling out of the ball at Goodwood. And I mean, piling out the ball. 
And Jensen's just lying on the floor. But nobody moves him or takes him home. People are just stepping over him to get out <laughs> the ball at Goodwood to go back. And he was in the F1 car the day after. Unbelievable. I remember people walking him down, down the, uh, the field <laughs> where the motones were. One guy either side of him, one guy popping paracetamol into mouth as they're walking him to put him in the, in the car to go up the hill. <laughs> It's um, it's quite new for me still. So I've it's only the last couple of years I've really been able to get involved. You know, since I joined Dynamics. Before that, I never um, I never used to stay over at the Grand Prix. I raced at it in seventeen uh, and sixteen and fifteen actually, but I never um, I never stayed there. Um, it was only when I joined Dynamics that I started to get involved. And that that, that summer of twenty eighteen, um, on track we were doing okay, but off track we had. To, I mean, I was. I was like a, a, you know, I was quite newly single as well. So I was, um, for me, it was it was just good fun. I was uh, um, trying to remember what we got up to. We did me and Matt had, and it was a great summer as well. It was so hot that summer, so we had we did the British Grand Prix, which was great fun. Uh, I went with some friends and just had a great time in a big RV. The first time I've ever done it. Uh, Goodwood, we did. We we drove the car up. Um, Matt was quite tactical because we went to the, we went to the Goodwood Ball that night. I think Matt knew that this being my first time, I was probably going to be a little bit worse for wear. Uh, so I got in at like 5am or something. Matt had gone back long before I had. He's obviously done it far too many times. And um, in the morning, Baz, we're on Matt's camper van. Baz wakes up and I just hear him say to me, come on then, Dan, time to go. And I just get this dread over me thinking, there's no way I can drive a racing car today. And then Matt just appears from the... Uh, the back room just sticks his head out and goes, don't worry, I've got you covered. And I was like, oh, thank God for that. Um, yeah, that was, that, was a good, that was a good summer. No, no, I will do, though. It'll come around. <laughs> One final thing, actually, I do need to ask you whilst we're talking about tracks. And as I've got Gordon and Matt here, if I just say Alton Park, over to you guys. Yeah, nice, nice picture. I'm out, I'm out Cheshire, isn't it? Yeah. Gordon? Are you, are you talking about... I am, of course, referring to the, the infamous incident <laughs> at, uh, at Alton Park. One of them, anyway, that Matt's been involved in. because yeah, it, it was a defining moment, wasn't it? You know, we got loads more coverage than we would have done if we just finished one, two. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that saved my bacon that day, because it wasn't one of my crowning glory days, was Jason winning the race and then having a spat on the podium in front of you guys. I think that saved my bacon a bit. It took the pressure off. I was absolutely gobsmacked. I could not believe. I thought he would be absolutely laying into you guys. And he just went off on one about turbo boost or something really dumb. It was one of those mad, mad moments. Mad moments. So listen, it's not long till we actually get back to the track again. I absolutely can't wait. How, how are you guys feeling briefly? You've got any reservations about it or just, just raring to go? I'm a bit reserved about it. I mean, it's, it's probably the longest I've not sat in the car for 25 years. I mean, because I hadn't really driven it from October. I had my bike accident in January, so I wasn't driving it then. Um, and then I had one run in March. So for a limited number of laps, because I was still hurting. So I haven't really sat in the car for properly for seven, eight months. So it's going to be, I'm a little bit nervous if I'm honest. You nervous, Dan? Um, no, I'm not actually. I feel I feel really quite good about it. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season, and I think people are going to come out. I think it's going to be a bit of a war, really, from from the moment it starts. I think there's going to be a lot of pent up energy, um, a lot of excited drivers that are like you know kids sort of back at school sort of thing. You just 
playground, you know, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a bit mental. I can see it. Um, I think we're going to be fast though. I'm pretty confident. I think we're starting at a good time of year for us as well. You know, we, we, we tend to go well in the, you know, we, we, we do go quite well in, in the, in the warmer weather in the, in the summer. Um, I think, I think we'll get off to a good start and I think I'm hoping we'll, we'll be very, uh, yeah, very close. I think it will be intense. Yeah. I think with a with a compressed season, I think everyone thinks they're even though you've, we've still got nine rounds, but everyone will think they've got a crack. So it'll be it'll be no holes barred. It'll be like last day of school every time out. It will. It's it meant will. enough for the best of times. Plenty to look forward to. That are we going to see you at any of the races, Gordon? I presume you'll be at Knock Hill, will you? Yeah, I'll be uh, man in the car parks probably at Knock Hill or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, well, listen, can you save me a decent spot and organise it so it doesn't take me an hour to get out this year like it did last year? No pressure there then. Listen, I look forward to seeing um, you up at Knock Hill, Gordon, hopefully before. But Dan and Matt, look forward to seeing you for real um, in a few weeks' time at Donington Park. Um, Gordon, thank you so much for coming along and, and joining us. It'd be really nice to catch up with you. Matt and Dan and I will be back for another... Um, episode of Good Walk Talk soon with another very special guest. So we hope that you'll join us again for that. But bye for now from me um, and bye for now from you guys too. Cheers. Cheers bye. 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 Bye.